My name is Evan Harrington. Buffalo Pepsi. You want to try some? Look at me. Buffalo Pepsi. Look at me. There's different flavors. The biggest Jags fan of all time, Justin Bachman. To be biased, but uh. Duval! I'm your host, Frank the Tank Lopez. I'm, I'm ready to fight a kid if it happens. <laughs> yeah. If one kid says dumb, one dumb thing tomorrow about Baker Mayfield or anything, I'm punching a kid. Boom! Mr. Brotherly Love here, Chris Giacobello. I know how to turn the mics on, Dan. That's a good thing we to know. We got it. Progress. I'm the first lady of the Blitz, Emma Nosby. Let's just shout out everything. Aquafina. I'm sorry, it's the water bottle from the vending machine. My name's Dan Dale, aka Double D. You're quiet, I can barely hear you. Why am I quiet? Why am I quiet? Dan, you're quiet. How am I ever quiet? Here is the Blitz on 91.3 FM. Live here from Buffalo State University. Welcome. You're listening to the Blitz on 91.3 WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. I am your host, Frank the Tank Lopez. Joining me in Studio A, of course, is the man Double D, Dan Dale. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Joining over there in a little Studio B, we got Mr. Duval. Somebody turn the mic down for this one, baby. Duval! You hit the notes perfectly. And sit next to him, the ethereal, the ever-beautiful, Mr. Brotherly Love, Chris Giacobello. <laughs> greatest. <laughs> greatest introduction. Did you get up and do that, Chris? I did not. Oh, yeah. wow. I should have. Wow. But then I, you would have heard my voice so much far away. Well, not so much far away. Well, but you could so yell much it. far away. I can't talk. I can't talk. So much far away. I, I woke up early today. My brain is all over the place. Somebody added to the clip. <laughs> so much far away. The, the quote book keeps growing. Keeps growing. Well, it's two oh seven. We're a little late today, but you know what? We're you know we're here. Give us time. All right. We're we're college students. All right. We're here. <laughs> we're, here. we're here flexing our muscles. You expect us to be on time some days? No. But we appreciate you listening always. How are you guys doing so far? It's Monday. We had a nice little weekend. How'd you guys spend your weekend? Uh, I spent my weekend, at least last night, uh, just the most excited I've ever been in, like, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it was great every second. So happy for you. Every second. But uh, besides that, my weekend was eh. <laughs> besides that, it besides was just that, eh. <laughs> How are you boys? Another day. <laughs> another dollar. Another day, another migraine. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, good weekend. Uh, worked both days in the morning and then played four hours worth of rugby on Saturday night. Um, and now we're here and I have a bit of a broken nose and a bit of a pole in my my right quad, but we're good. We're here. We're still put together. He's alive. 
a bit of a broken nose is crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> a crazy uh, way to describe a, a broken, broken nose. But a bit. It's kind of broken. busted. You know, it happened on the first play of the game, too. First tackle I'll I made figure. in the game. <laughs> I just took his knee right to my nose, and then Ooh. I started feeling I started feeling this rush of like liquid down my face, and I'm like, ah oh, man, that's either that's either sweat or like you know snot or something like that. And then I wipe my nose and I look at my hand, and it's like completely covered in blood. And I'm like, oh, nice. That's the war. That's the, the war. war. Blood, sweat, and tears. That's rugby. That's rugby. And Justin ran all out of blood. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Halfway through the game, my head I got a crazy head rush, and I was like, whoa, I don't know where I am. Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, no, geez. it was pretty crazy. But yeah, yeah, we're alive. A lot of news is broken so far over the weekend, and a lot today, surprisingly. Uh, I guess we'll just start with like the recent news that dropped for the NBA. Ooh, new, yes. new Clippers, redesign, new logo, new jerseys. Uh, I don't like them. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> um, I feel like every time the Clippers try to do something, like, new, it's always just way too simple. <laughs> also, these jerseys are just way too, and uh, nothing going on. Nothing. <laughs> nothing also, going on. Look, <laughs> this logo, this is the first time I find out what a Clipper is. Like, I could have Googled it all these years. There's a, uh... Not an NHL team, but AAA. there is like a like a lower AAA team. Team, yeah, and lower hockey team. Uh, that's called the Columbus Clippers, which is just a ship in the middle. That does not look like a ship. Uh-huh. That more uh-huh. looks like you're looking through a telescope. I thought it was a compass at first. Is this gonna? Is this logo gonna be on the middle of the court too? Yep, probably. Yep. Uh, in in all honesty, if this is their rebrand, they should have just came back to Buffalo. No, <laughs> <laughs> they should have just gave up. I don't know. The, wow. I don't. Buffalo I don't was like... never getting a basketball team. I mean, we did in yeah. 1945. I mean, the the Buffalo. I mean, unless they expand, they they moved they, in 19. They could expand. Or... I mean, um, they I... could bring back the Supersonics. Yeah, there's other markets out there they'd probably want to hit first before they even think of Buffalo. Yeah, but um, I mean, the red one's not like. The worst. Look, but... if there's an NBA team in in freaking Utah, there can be an NBA team in Buffalo. How are you gonna disrespect Utah like First that? Off, well, no, <laughs> the the main re- it's not disrespect, but it's more like a it's a different market in Utah because it's a whole state. It doesn't matter though if there's a whole state or not because most of the state is Mormons, and most of the state doesn't drink. So you lose, and they don't gamble. Hey, listen. So you, you are losing. You can't. You can't raise a glass of water to an NBA game. What's yeah? Look, I'm not saying there's a problem with that, but there's a <laughs> lot of sales lost there. And if you're looking at Buffalo, beer and Buffalo kind of are are one in one with each other. That's why we're talking about the Bills, uh, the Sabers relocating. <laughs> they yeah. will. They will not relocate. Okay. No, no. I just. Unless they're taking a new owner, then there's probably a chance. No, you know, you just, you know, you bring up beer and, you know, bring up prices. But, you know, the Sabres, we're talking about them moving. But, you know, I don't want to point any fingers. I mean, but also, when when push comes to shove, uh, you have to have some, you have to have somewhere to put them. And uh, well, Buffalo, getting... Buffalo's kind of a, a full 
you know, if, you, if there was one word to describe it, we're kind of a... We're kind of full. <laughs> we're kind of full. Yeah, we're I'm, not full enough. I don't listen. <laughs> Buffalo's not a basketball city to me. No, it's definitely not. I think it's just too close to Toronto, and I, I think that's probably the pro- main... Like, oh, we already have a team in Toronto. That's close enough. I don't know. I feel like all the all the basketball fans that I see around, they're all like Knicks fans. Yeah, I'll probably, like, I probably. I've never seen a Nets fan ever in my life. Not until <laughs> not until four years ago did I ever know a Nets fan. But and then all of a sudden I knew twenty. I've seen Toronto around here just because we do hit that market. We actually hit the market on this station in Canada. We do hit the Toronto market. Hmm. So. So you're telling me every time I say the Maple Leafs suck. Yeah, there's probably some Canadians listening. Yes. yes. Hearing that. Well, obviously, this rebrand for the Clippers comes a year before their... I would say they're almost... They're the almost, brand new stadium? The brand new stadium, what, the $2 billion? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was. I, mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's in the billions. Yeah, $2 billion arena. Yeah. Like, $2 billion dollar arena. For wow. the Clippers is insane. For the Clippers is generous. I mean, considering yeah. considering how much time they spent with the Lakers, they better have that much money saved up. Well, they have that new rule of, like, their version of, like, so in soccer, there's the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Chris for this. Right. right. Because for the Clippers in their stadium, they're going to have, like, a wall-type thing, like, in soccer, uh-huh. where, mo- like, behind the away goal, mm-hmm. there is, like, a wall of supporters that have, like, extensive rules. Like, you have to stand. You have to know the chance. Like, you have to be active. So so the chant of, I believe that we can win, can be screamed out through every time. What a boring chant that is. It is. Can I just say that? All right. (laughs) When I do see, like, compared to, if we go over to Bond, that is one. I believe that we can win is one of our worst chants. Yeah, just watching USA Soccer and them, like, I just it it makes me cringe. Can I be? I'm on, sorry. Like no, no no hold on. You have to be like in the right atmosphere for it. Like, yeah. Like yeah. when it's like in the World Cup in 2014. Like when it's well, like, like it was like I like me and my brother we went to like one of like the bars for it. Mm-hmm. Like where you could just like pay like a little bit and then go in and like watch the game. And if there's like a backyard patio, there's like over 100 people. When you're in the right environment, it sounds cool. When you have someone that's like enthusiastic that leads it. Word. And then you have people behind you that are also following. It's a cool chant, so I don't want to hear it. It's grown on me a lot. Has it? I, 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 I've never really had been wedded to that chant. I know it's not, I could take some swearing in my chants. I'm okay with it. it's not the greatest. I know. But also, I'm sorry. England just uses nursery rhymes, and they just throw words in there. Yeah, but they yeah, but sound it's so amazing. funny. Yeah, I know. They're <laughs> like, really they funny. sound amazing, and like, they're funny to laugh at. All these English clubs, too, like, their chants and stuff, like, it's it's so unique. I, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's unique. It's it's so cool. You're Those chants are... There's some bad ones. <laughs> yeah. There's, well, obviously, yeah, there's bad ones. No, I think, I, got, I, think I got that more yeah, Chris. Uh, <laughs> caught me off guard. I don't know what you said. I don't want to hear it. I gave, I gave, Chris, the, I gave Chris the side eye, and I said, quote, unquote, you're, you're unique, Chris. <laughs> My mom tells me I'm special. <laughs> My boss told me I was special, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> That's you just awesome. laugh right at your boss's face. She's like, don't call me that. Oh. You're special, Frank. <laughs> well, she saw me jump over like a ta- uh, like a table in the break room, and she just stops and she goes, "Oh, so you're special." <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god! 
Something tells me she was just jealous of your pure athleticism. No, I... Um, I you know, just say, I wish I could agree on that. I wish I could agree on that. If, if Jen ever hears this, I'll probably show her through one day. Like, ah, oh, love that woman. She, we would just banter all day. Anyway. Yeah, we love overall, banter. What do you guys think of the clip? Like, I hate the logo. That logo's awful. I kind of yeah, like, I don't like, like it. I don't despise the logo. I hate it. But, but I think like, it looks stupid. It, it kind of looks like you're looking through a telescope aiming at a ship. You put way like face forward. You put way too much, way too much into it. I'll say that. I say there's like way too much like. What, what's the? There's way. It's way too abstract. There okay, That's yeah. the word I was looking for. No, I like this one that I found on the internet uh, on Twitter. I, I retweeted it. It's just the Los Angeles Clippers, and in the middle, it's a nail clipper. <laughs> Fire. I don't know. I wish they would have gone more with that motif when they did like the. Like oh, I can't even think of like the font that it was, but it was like the, like the Compton font, and then mm -hmm. like the stained glass. I wish they just led more into like that motif. Instead of going it, to the clips, yeah, and then me clips. thinking of paper clips every time I or super clips and getting yeah. an awful awful buzz cut, and they don't line <laughs> you up properly. Super cuts. <laughs> what? You look like yeah, a great clips cuts. guy. It's super cuts. There's. It's not super clips. No, it's super cuts. Super it's cuts. super cuts. There's a clips one. Great clips. It's, it's great really clips. great clips. Great there clips. You there you go. <laughs> All right. He's um, figuring out his. <laughs> sorry, I have Frank my... and I are learning English. I have my. <laughs> I have my own. Dang. We're adding to the. We're we're just continuing to add to the quote book. Um, in other news from the NBA. Yeah, I don't know what's going on around the NBA right now. LeBron James is seventy-four points away from forty k. LeBron James. You gotta calm it down. <laughs> We may not agree on bat on football goat, but you gotta calm it down when it comes to this. Why? <laughs> Why? Do you love LeBron James that much? I I LeBron Lane. LeBron James. LeBron Lane. Um, I will go to war for that man. Yeah, I'd say. Why would you? Yes. Why would you? What? <laughs> I mean, he never really played in a, a your major teams. I mean, he the closest man. he got was the Heat. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and that's when I bandwagon. So technically, oh, oh my gosh, so you're a bandwagon, there LeBron. Go. There it is. Oh, there it is. It's probably the same with Messi. Bandwick. And then you know, like, I love you, buddy. Arsenal. I feel like and? makes sense. <laughs> we're looking at um, he we're looking at one. a historic career here from LeBron, obviously. Um, but then you got guys like Stephen A. who can only <laughs> ever find the bad in a situation. Um, LeBron James, currently 74 points away from 40,000. Stephen A. Smith puts out a little, uh, two-minute rant about how he's losing faith in the Lakers. Brother, the Lakers story this season is not the postseason. Does every Laker fan hope that they make it? Yeah, obviously. Is any Laker fan concerned with anything at the moment other than LeBron's 40,000 points because they're all going to go nuts? No. No. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, those tickets are probably going to be... Those, like, the next three games, their tickets are going to be yeah. outrageous. I, I would say the third game probably the most, unless LeBron has, like, back-to-back 40-point -back games, which unless, is, is not, like, out of the question, Unless he beats obviously. Kobe's 81. Wouldn't that be nuts? Wouldn't that yeah, be Yeah, that would. Beat Kobe's 81 to get the record? Dude, I don't think he would do that just based off, you know, his relationship with Kobe. 
I don't know if he would actually. Rest in peace. Like, it, it's like uh, NBA 2K, wherever you get close to being the record and the coach pulls you out for the rest of the game. Oh, I thought, what, what do you mean, sir? I scored 102 points. I set the record. As you should. And What I, do you mean? <laughs> what? you never done that? In 2K? Yeah, you find a yeah, way. I never really played 2K, so I, you I don't can, know. I adjust, like, my time on the floor. Oh, you would. To the entire game. I don't. Do you adjust, like, the... I don't try. The, I, don't, I don't do sliders. I'm not that much of a loser. I call I'm cap. not that much but of my a loser. Creative, <laughs> my creative player has 99, 3.99 oh. mid-range, uh, 95 dunk to keep it, you know, fair. Sure, yeah. Yeah, what um, is he, seven foot, you yeah. know? And I was like, should I go on the Magic or should I randomize? And then all of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to go on the Magic. And now, currently in my league, the Magic have. Are they undefeated? I... No, we lost to the Bucks. You won. One loss. Suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you um, suck. It was, like two, it was like a three, four point game. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I don't play defense. I, I don't play defense. This man just stays awesome. up on he the court waits. the whole time. <laughs> I just sit behind the three. I just sit on the three point line and just hope that the ball gets to me. <laughs> oh my or gosh. I, or I force him to pass. I just spam X. LeBron would definitely not. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's how a normal floor. game is played. No, but it's it's my career. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's the excuse. That is the excuse. LeBron doesn't get enough minutes. <laughs> LeBron doesn't get enough minutes to try and go out there and uh, beat Kobe's record. Uh, he he plays at this point anywhere from twenty to twenty five minutes a game. So I mean, if you're if you score seventy plus in twenty five minutes, I mean, you're nuts. But I mean, Luca did it this season, and I think he played like thirty yeah, thirty four minutes in that game. And they um, lost. didn't they lose? Or that no, was, no, that, that, that was Cat's sixty-point game. And yeah, Cat's sixty-point game and Steph's sixty-point game. Was that uh, was the one twenty-five or one forty-five, one forty-four? No, no, no. That game, that game didn't, was didn't really have like an individual high score. No, Steph scored sixty against the Hawks, and then uh, Trey Young's Trey Young. Yeah, I forget he hit the go to the dagger. But uh, unfortunately, he's he's going to be out for a minute. He tore a ligament in his forearm. Uh, the ligament that connects your elbow to your pinky and your ring finger. Was it last night? No, uh, no, it was the night oh, okay. before. It was the night before. But we did win last night, though. I know. Shout out to the Hawks. Um, it's very upsetting, actually. But yeah, that's really about it for the NBA. And then you got people debating whether or not the Lakers and the Warriors are playoff contenders and blah, 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 blah. And they're going to make it. And then they're well, you still guys... going to make it into the playoffs did, after the play-in. Did and... you see, like, the... <laughs> shot slash pass from Draymond. I did. <laughs> did you two see it? I did, I did not. No. It was. So I think Clay passes it out to Dre. Mm-hmm. Dre has a free open three point. And by the way, he's shooting like what thirty five. Best in his career. Yeah. From the three point line this year. He, like, forms a shooting motion, and then just launches it straight. <laughs> just straight. Mm-hmm. And then ha- Tyrese Halliburton is just right there and just like intercepts it and then just goes on a breakaway. Yep. I want to see yeah, this I have now. To see this. It's like go on Twitter and look up Draymond. Look at look up Draymond Green's pass to Tyrese Halliburton. Like and see it, what comes up. And everyone's like, "Was what did he did he mean to pat?" Because um, Jonathan Kaminga was like also like he was a little um left of Halliburton, but he was nowhere near close to where even if he tried to like drive in and get the ball. Like, I don't know what Draymond was trying to do. Kaminga's Does anybody mental. really know what Draymond's trying to do? No, that guy's mentally out of it, That's, I think. That guy is... I mean, I remember the theory at the beginning of the year where 
he only wanted to play with uh, Steph, and that was the only reason that he would get ejected. Just because Steph wouldn't be playing, so he wouldn't see, see a reason to play. Which is just a crazy thing to do if you're playing competitive basketball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any sport, really, where you're just like, no, nah, he's not playing today. I don't feel like going out there. It's kind of like if uh, when Matt Milano got hurt, if Terrell Bernard just said, nah, don't yeah. feel like playing this year. My guy's not out there. I can't be out there. I can't be out there. That's nuts. I don't blame it. I don't. I, I mean, I see the reason why you wouldn't want to go out there without him, but also you're getting paid like millions of dollars. Just to, shut up and play. To literally play basketball. Yeah, like just shut up. You get to do something nobody else does, and you get to play with one of the best players in this generation. Just shut it yeah. and, and just play. That's fine, though. But uh, we'll move on from the NBA. You know what we got to talk about? A real quick NFL. Oh, God. Xavier Howard got cut. Yeah, released. Oh, my God. I forgot yeah. about that. T. Higgins also got franchise tag. Yep. Yeah, and the, fran the franchise today. tag is open, so we're going to see a lot more of that in the next coming weeks. I'm hoping to see Antonio. Or not. You never know with the franchise tags. I, I mean, we're going to see more franchise tags. Who are you guys going to tag? Uh... I don't think the Bills tag anybody. Bills don't tag anybody. We don't have anybody worth it to tag. Who are the Bucks tagging, Frank? Antoine. Yeah, no, Antoine Winfield yeah, Jr. is getting fair. slapped. Yeah. He's getting that tag, and then because of the new cap increase, he's going to get signing, slapped. We're signing Baker, and we're signing Mike Evans. And safeties is one of the, like, lowest positions, or, like, um lesser paid franchise tag position so it's really smart to do that and well i mean because trying to go only... get evans because of course evans is wide receivers are near the top yeah and he's there's he's... only like three safeties in the nfl getting played big getting paid big money like i mean jesse bates minka kyle how much has got kyle hamilton making uh, he's Kyle, on Kyle Hamilton's deal. still on rookie deal. Yeah, uh, on i think deal i think oh. the highest paid safeties right now are jesse bates minka and then um oh, I have his Jesse Bates went to Atlanta. Yes, he I went to Atlanta. Oh and my I, goodness, I, I can't think of his name. Um, um it was on. the other uh Cincinnati Bengal, right? Hey, no, 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 no. Not not Von Bell. Von Bell went to the Panthers for nothing for some uh, reason. Uh Tyron Matthew? Tyron Matthew, thank you. Yeah. Yes, no. to the Saints. He's yeah. got he's got a big deal. No, I feel like if you went up to any NFL casual fan, like, you know, we always got a bunch of Bills fans here because we're in Buffalo. But uh, if you went up to them and said, without naming Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, what other safeties can you name? I don't think they're naming, like, more than two. <laughs> I think Antoine's up there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It depends. It depends. Antoine Winfield's probably. I, 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 if, they, if they know football. I hate to be this crazy because he is so young. He, he might be the best safety in the league. It really might be Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah. It's, it's it between really him might or be. Kyle Hamilton. I think Jesse Bates is still up there. Just, yeah, Jesse well, Bates. Think, Jesse Bates is great. After this season, <laughs> Jesse I think Bates is great at football. <laughs> after this season, I think it's between those two for best in the league. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Depends on what you're looking for. I mean, Antoine is just Antoine Winfield. I'd say he's the best safety in the league just because he's an all-around good player. But if you're just I a normal, he can he can play he can play in the box. He can blitz, but he's. He's a decent enough ball hawk. He doesn't have the greatest hands, but he's no. a decent enough ball hawk, and he's he's going to get a finger on the ball and at least disrupt the pass if it gets by him. Yeah. And that's if it right. gets by him because his coverage skills are nuts. That guy could go play corner, 
and be better than half the league. He also got yeah. two uh, fumbles into the end zone. Oh, yeah. One no, was he, against he's a rock Atlanta, too. and I forgot what the other one was, but, like, really good all over the field. That guy's a that guy is a shoulder lowering machine. <laughs> but, I mean there's also other like kind of I mean breaking news coming out of the NFC South. What's up? The Saints are expected to release Michael Thomas. Oh yes, I Oh did really? See I that. didn't yeah, see that. I did see that. Mr. Slantman Mr. is good. Slantman. I don't think he gets signed. I, I think he gets signed. I, I mean maybe You know what? In all honesty? Don't. He's coming to Buffalo. I can see him coming to Buffalo. He is he is a big wide receiver, and if you're the Bills, I think your biggest need this offseason is either guard or— No, you don't need guard. Or not guard, tackle. No, you don't need a tackle. You don't need tackle? No, because Spencer Brown actually looked like a capable tackle this year, and then we have Dion. Okay, yeah, but tackle depth? Yeah, I'll be— Well, like... that's David Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> David <laughs> Edwards is pretty good. He was in there. Listen. He was the sixth— uh, he was the six online guy always. Listen, but I know Deion Dawkins means everything to this community, but if you're able to go out there and get a better tackle than Deion Dawkins. I, I agree. I, I know Deion is a, probably around the rest of the week. He is mid. He He's good at some points, and then he can just have stinkers of a game. Yeah. Like, trust me, I, I've said it enough times to my dad that he has to stop sniffing the snow. Like, he's got <laughs> to go do something else. Uh because you know he's got he's got to pay more attention to the game, uh, and you know if you can find somebody better, I think you tr- maybe put in an offer, but I don't think but that's what, like your top no, concern I, at by any I think, means. I think their top concern is a jump ball receiver. I they, feel like Michael Thomas would do that. They but, haven't had one in. I mean. Sammy Watkins? <laughs> I mean, Sam, was Sammy yeah. Watkins the last big jump ball guy that Unless you guys you have had? Cal- I mean, I'm like Zay Calvin Jones. Benjamin. Zay We're Jones, maybe. Gosh, uh, that's the name I forgot. We're not counting <laughs> Holy Calvin Holy cow. Like, a, a, jump, a jump ball guy for a guy like Josh Allen who just launches the ball and can yeah. get it there. He can get it there. That was like Robert Foster almost a little bit. Robert Foster was that jump that's ball man. That's a name I haven't heard. That wow. was, that was yeah, a name. No, that's a crazy name. That's a um, good... Or you got Duke. Duke Williams. But, um... I, I mean, that was, that was their jump ball guys. I mean... I, I think if you put Michael Thomas there, he, he'll be cheap because, A, he wants to find a team that he can be at least a top starter for. I think he just wants I, – I think if Michael Thomas signs anywhere, it's going to be a contender. Yeah. It'll be one of three teams. It'll be, it'll be the Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills. It'll be an AFC team for sure. And plus you can get him cheap because he always has the injury problems. You can use that against him pretty easily in negotiations, being like, hey, we don't know if you can stay healthy. I like, have glass bones and paper skin. Right. Also, you guys are most likely losing Gabe Davis. Oh, no, yeah, we no, are. Gabe Davis. Yeah, the yeah, eight-minute video says means beyond. I and, and you know what? I agree also, with Gabe, Gabe that Davis's, he has to leave. For uh, Gabe Davis's talent to put on eight-minute video, wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and I love like, the he one. Is not the player that should be doing that. I love the one where he breaks the ankles of Mike Edwards uh, in the playoff game, and. They oh just my God, my zoom God. in Let's... on it and just put the windows powering down. Da-da-da. And you're just like, oh, that was such an unnecessary shot, but I love it. Uh, but no, Gabe is gone. Gabe, you mm. do not put out an eight-minute video if you're staying. Uh, no. I, I bet there was probably already talks about it. Um, probably 
even before the season ended. I, I wouldn't be shocked at being talked to his agent a couple of times. And I bet the main thing was that Davis wants to be paid wide receiver two money and how the bills use him. He's not wide receiver two money. I I've, I am already expecting him to get overpaid somewhere else. No, Chicago, he, he's absolutely Carolina, somebody who has enough money to pay him the extra like five, 10 mil that he wants. Um, yeah. Because the way to you the Bills use him, he, that's like your fourth wide receiver job. Yeah, that, that's I mean, really he's... what it is. You you can really, if you look hard enough, you can find a blocking wide receiver if you really need it. Like you you can. There's probably a bunch of them out there. Even then, I mean, the Bills like you're you're in a huge bad you're you're in a bad cap spot right now you're in a bad cap spot hey so, for some reason we moved down to 36 million so yeah I'm I, did, okay. I did see that um but you're in a bad cap spot right now gabe davis yep. is just not somebody you're gonna go out there and pay nope. and even if you can't like find a wide receiver in free agency there are jump ball guys in the draft or even then we could see the bills next season running a lot more double tight end sets i mean dawson knox and dalton kincaid i mean you got a one-two punch there that's crazy you got right. a one-two punch there. It's probably one of the better tight end duos in the league. Yeah, and it's it, you got to take advantage of that because before Dalton Kincaid came around, Dawson Knox is probably, I mean, he he won. He, I, I'm not gonna say he won you the game, the playoff game against the Patriots a couple of years ago. But that guy was nuts. Oh, he made plays. He made he made, he plays. made plays. He had two touchdowns. Right, and he made the play on the one that Josh said he was just throwing out bounds. Yeah, Knox. What is this for Knox? Yes. Yeah, this yeah. is Knox. Uh, I I mean Knox. Yeah, I think both of them as a team. Maybe you move Knox over as a wide receiver if you really feel like it. You could probably design something. Yeah. Where, I mean, but I he's know, over I there, or Kincaid's over there, and you can use him as a blocker on I the screen. Over complicated like that. I just I just run. I, I don't think end. it's over complicating it. I think if that's the resources you have, you're you're gonna put your best resources to do a short screen and it's not like they did it much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, at least at the beginning of the season with Dorsey and then Brady put his own spin on it and said, we're going to start doing the short ball. Um, I feel like either way, if the bills don't nab somebody in free agency, that's a jump ball guy. I feel like even if they get somebody in the second round, that is a jump ball guy. That's a good talent. At this point, you are trying so hard to compete that you're not going to be like a rookie is going to get time. Yeah. For the Bills. A rookie wide receiver will get time, but they're not going to get like, we needed a wide receiver bad. You're going to be that guy time. I mean, and that's strictly because the Bills are in a very good position to compete, right. and they still are, even with the losses on defense. And even then, I don't think they draft wide receiver until maybe the third or fourth round, because you got to get a safety. I don't even think you got to get a safety. You, you at least have rap for one more year. Yeah. And... That's probably your bridge if Hyde leaves um, because Poyer still has one year left and Poyer doesn't seem like decommitting to himself. I, I think if anything happens, it's going to be Hyde does a one-year deal. Hyde and Poyer go out together because they've talked about it that they will retire together because they are one of the, I mean, Grant, they are one of the best safety two tandems. I think anybody has seen. Oh yeah, uh, no, they're up there for they, sure. They yeah. are definitely like close to at least in the top 10. I would oh, think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, 
Absolutely. And I, I think it would make sense that, you know, Hyde's probably having doubts. Poyer knows he's at the end, um, I would think as well. They go out, you have Rap move in or re-sign Rap. You, that's probably what would have to happen. Resign Rap, either move in Hamlin or uh, Cam Lewis. And that's Lewis. just that's just the cheap options right now. I mean, I don't think you're going to take a safety with your first pick because safeties are so cheap, you can get them later in the second and third round. Oh, where no, no. I'm not I, saying safety first round. There's, right, not, there's okay. not a safety in okay, this. That's not, there's not okay. a safety in this class that's really worth going in the first I'm just round. saying it's probably going, I think actually for the first time, it's going to be offense in the first round and we'll have defense come later. What are you, um, what are you taking first round? Offensive wise? Yeah. By receiver. I feel like after the first, that, like there, there's not like there's not a huge drop off between the first pack and the second pack. No, but that drop off is between like. But there top is a chance there and is, below thirty. There is a chance <laughs> they do trade up too. Remember, we are top five in picks this year. We have ten picks. There, there is a chance that we trade our, uh, what our compensatory third that we get for Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, because mm. of Chicago signing him to that huge deal. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there is a chance that they could make a move. I, you know, whether Bean has, you know, some of those wide receivers on the top of the board, or do they think that they can wait? I mean, remember last year, we moved up just a couple of spots to get Kincaid and screw over Dallas because they showed Dallas right on that screen after we took Kincaid, and they were scrambling a little bit. Jerry wasn't happy. Uh, that Thank was for, for that. sure. Um, so I won't be shocked. I want to see. I want to see just a couple of. Uh, I'm going to look at a couple of quick mock drafts just to see where. Like, I mean, who, I've seen a lot of defensive. the Bills going. I, I've seen a lot of defensive tackle. I've seen a I lot feel like, of yeah, wide receiver. Definitely. I've seen a couple of DNs. Um, it's just it's so weird. Like picking in the 20s is just such a weird place to pick. In the first round, because, like, you're not going to get anybody that's, like, outstanding. At least they're not, like, an outstanding No, basically what I say, you're basically getting a second-round pick with that pick. I mean, it's first-round talent, but it's almost a second-round pick. It's, like, at that thin edge where you are barely dividing up where the Bills are and where the Bills have been, where it's just, like, there's just a couple of key differences between – the edge of the first round guys and the start of the second round guys. Yeah, no, I, I feel it, like that drop off is around. Like it is 21, hard. It 22. is hard to play. And I feel like Bean does a good job of finding people who fit that. Like, okay, these are actually the edge of the first round um, instead of going and saying, oh, we're already going to look at the second round and, you know, take whoever we like there um, because that's the value we have left on players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's always some hidden gem, which I really like from Bean. And I feel like uh, some pe- people are being a little too harsh on Bean right now, not in the sense of moves he made or what he's going to do, um, but more like, oh, if the Bills don't draft two wide receivers in this draft, it's a waste. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's crazy. Well, Simply... dude, you're not a GM. Last time I checked, you're just a dude on X yeah, who's facts. tweeting this. Like, you're just sitting on your couch. You don't, you're not going out there and grading players last time I checked. No, I mean, I, I, 
I put a lot of I put a lot of stock in in draft because I mean I just I love the NFL offseason as a Jags fan I I look forward to it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think for the draft in particular with the Bills picking at twenty eight I feel like it's either a guy who's projected to go in the second round that you think has enough talent to go in the first, right? Or a guy that would have gone higher in the first round had it not been for injury. Or and if I, something and, comes out, yeah. And I, I know that, like, oh, yeah, or if something, like, an allegation or anything comes out. Well, not even an allegation. Sometimes people just fall to fall. Yeah, yeah, sometimes people do just fall. But, like, guys guys that are, like, injured that you know can get healthy or you at least think they can get healthy, and their their stock is high enough for them to go, like, mm-hmm. if they hadn't gone injured in the top 15. Take a Kool-Aid McKinstry, for example. Like that guy, he he would have been debatably top ten had yeah. it not been for the injury, and now he's projected to drop out of the first. So if the Bills are picking at twenty eight and Kool Aid McKinstry's on the board, cornerback depth is never anything to sneeze at, especially in a league no. where the secondary is always rotating. And I mean, your secondary is not exactly fantastic. It's good, don't get me We're, wrong, but it's not you know fantastic. What? I, I'm not. I I I agree with that. I think. I think the only reason it isn't fantastic is because a we have our number one corner who gets. I was about un- to say your secondary is just made of glass. Every you know he gets year long injuries. Yeah, and then uh, you know our two safeties are old. You know that's why it isn't fantastic. I mean we're looking five years in the past maybe, and then that's completely different. You're saying they're fantastic. I mean that's yeah, just course. what happens. And now the guys uh, now guys get older and they become injury prone. And I I think. McDermott and Bean have done a good job with that depth. And, mm-hmm. you know, I never felt uncomfortable really with the corner or the safety situation in the sense of that they're getting too deep. Yeah. Um, I think the worst I felt about all injury situations was the linebacker because that just got beat up this year. Yeah. I uh, mean... But I, I mean, I understand your point that, yeah, depth is very important. And I can see them going for a fourth, fifth six round you know safety or corner out of somewhere who can move to safety you know i can see that happening but i you know is that i just don't think there there may be better options out there in free agency that you could do um you know they always have their guys and um i i just feel like with the amount of draft picks you have it's better to save your money and use your draft picks and take shots I rather agree. rather than try and get yourself in more of a cap trap situation right. when you still have guys that in the next years you have to resign. I mean, and remember most you, of the shots have worked. Yeah. I mean, it I takes mean, some the weird thing about ones. the bills that always seems to be is it, it's always the year after like with Khalil Shakir. I yeah. don't think like it, it took a year. It did yeah. take a year. And now, now the bills fans are looking at him like, Oh, we're losing Gabe Davis. That's all right. We got Khalil Shakir. No, but, I feel like uh, every pick, Every, like, late-round shot, you know, from four to, like, six or seven, you know, dependent, uh, they usually find some hand gems that just fit what they're doing, and they look really great. Yeah. Um, and I, I give a lot of credit to Bean for finding that. The only thing I want him to do is trade the second-round pick away. I feel like you just, have to. Just get rid of it. I feel like you I have don't want to look at second. it this year. I, I feel like you have to get rid of the second. I don't want to see If you're getting rid of anything, year. you're getting rid of the second rounder. Yeah, that's that's the first thing to go. I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, mm, 
you know what we should talk about before you guys have to go what's up Especially. what that derrick henry won't be franchise tag no i'm moving to the sabers <laughs> okay i was just no no neither is tony pollard why would derrick derrick henry clearly is not going to be in tennessee or josh jacobs all three make sense yeah hey that's I thought you want to talk about you know. No, it's okay. I was just I, no, it's, it's fine, breaking Dan. news. No, it's fine, Dan. It's breaking news. The the Sabers have a shot. It, it, they're gonna have to win out, but they keep winning. Zero point one percent. They keep the, winning. The three 16, straight wins. What we need a nineteen game win streak. I was about to say happen. Three out of the nineteen. I think I think you need to win out. I think that's your only shot. And, and even then, uh, I think it's still slim. <laughs> and I, and I hated last night just Dan Dunleavy. I I think kind of put the dagger in my heart. If there would be any hope, I mean, if I had any hope at this point, um, a little hope's not creeping in right now. Oh, I maybe last night. Yeah, I last night it was. Oh, you let it creep in. I feel I like I feel, like you, I feel I like you gotta leave. I feel like you gotta leave your walls up, man. Well, nineteen no, the, in a row is the, crazy. The, well, <laughs> no, no. The only reason I let it creep in was because. Because you, you enjoy oh, getting your heart broken. Wasn't it beautiful how puck doesn't lie? The puck does <laughs> puck not lie. lie. You know, we always hear ball don't lie. No, it's puck don't lie. Peyton Krebs, the corked up white boy, the sitting up. right behind the net, finding Owen Power and Power just, oh, how I missed feeling the power. <laughs> that felt great. You're letting the hope seep in right now. I, oh, it, I, last night power. I did. Last night I did. This is bad. Last night I did. I, I mean, I woke up today pretty much with like, oh, we're not going to do anything. Because Dan Dunleavy said on the pregame, the Sabres statistically have the worst schedule left mm. based off point percentage. Well, you got us tomorrow. Yep. Oh, then we have dubs. Tampa. Dubs. Tampa's falling off a little bit. Yeah, but it's still Tampa. And Stamkos loves to... Kucher- Do something with also, us. Also, Kucherov hit 100 points. Right. Oh, yeah. He's the first one to hit that this year. Um, and then we get uh, the Jack Eichelis, uh Vegas Golden Knights because he was put on IR. We haven't talked about that yet, and they're doing the same thing that Tampa did, and no one's talking about it, and no one's making the no, big thing out of it. No, because it's stupid. Uh, Please then, make a big deal out of it. I don't know anything about hockey. Oh, um. it's basically that you can put players on IR and their money gets deferred so they can stay under the cap for that one time that they check it per the year, and then they bring them back up later where they're, it just doesn't matter anymore. When the, when the playoffs so, start. That sounds yeah, like it's a real, cheat code. So it's really big for the deadline is what you're telling me? Uh, it's like the deadline is to cut off to be under the cap, yeah, yeah. and a lot of teams who are winning and are doing well who are over uh, put – Older players or players that could be dealing with something if they really wanted to check it, put them on IR. Their money gets deferred away. So, um, so it, it doesn't count against the salary cap. And they can use it if they have extra. Um, and as long as they say it, whatever, but above zero, um, until the playoffs, that's when the salary cap doesn't matter anymore. They can bring up whoever they want and go from there. Huh. So Tampa did it when they won on their like three peat, and then Vegas now, is Vegas now doing it. it this Vegas year. did it last year, and they did it again this, this year. year. Um, and then didn't all... Ve- was was Vegas the team that won the cup in yes. COVID? No, 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 that was Tampa. That was Tampa. That was Tampa. But that they were against COVID. Montreal. Yeah. Ah, uh, but no. Ve- of course, it's 
I think they did it to... I don't think they did it to Marchesol. Or they might have. They might have. But yeah, two very high-key players for that team. Mark Stone. Mark Stone. Jack Eichel. Now they're on IR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're... If the Vegas does make the playoffs, which they're projected to... Oh, they're... They're going to be activated. Uh, that's... Yeah. Gross. It seems like hacks. It's it's scummy. It's definitely it is. It definitely gives me cheater vibes. It does. <laughs> Give yeah. me some Houston Astro vibes if you ask me. That that's sniffing out deflation. You know, it's it's not it may be a scummy way to do things, but it's a loophole. It's uh, it, yeah. it, it's legal, it, but right. it's looked down upon. Right. NHL. And at the end of the day, who gives a crap if you're looked down upon if you're winning championships? Facts. As long as you're not <laughs> cheating. Like at the end of the day, if you're doing everything legal, as long and as you're winning, who cares? I just as think, long I just as think you're not the Astros. I just think there needs to be like a threshold on it, or as like long as you don't get to, caught. Some way to find a loop, like fix the loophole. I yeah, there has to be a way. Do they really want to go over that way? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're putting yourself in the best position to win, good on you. Right. But oh, but then. You gotta call it. Then after Vegas, we have the Jets, then we have the Maple Leafs, then we have the Predators, then we have the Oilers. And all these teams are in prime, like, playoff positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit is in a wild card spot. We face them twice. The Islanders are, like, the only break oh we get. Oh, my goodness. The, um, the Red Wings, I saw a crazy clip on Twitter of the Red Wings overtime win. Oh, my God. Yeah, from Patrick Kane. Oh, my goodness. That guy, that, that brother was... Wide open. I I can't say the. But Luka Pekalukinens was way better. The the save. Oh, oh I did. I didn't oh. see that. I just saw the Red Wings overtime. Oh, oh. I saw a nasty I'll, shot. I'll show you a video while we're leaving because we only got a couple minutes hang left. Hang on, hang on. If I look on X, am I going to find it? Sergei, um, Sergei if you go to Tanner Saunders, Sergey had a better save. Go to. Uh, it is basically the Ryan Miller save back in 07. Ryan Miller. Uh, what a goat. It's kind of funny because it almost happened on the same day, February 22nd, against the Iowa Senators. 6-5 in shootout. Uh, that, that brother that brother Dan knows his stuff. Well, I tried. The last I, I time good. Uh, <laughs> and I was four at that happy. time. So I can't really talk about that time because I wasn't really remembering things. Weren't the Panthers terrible at a point? We were terrible oh, yes. for so many years. I feel like every yeah. sports team Be- has been before, terrible. Before, always... before 2014, when we got Yamir Yager, we were... Yeah, you guys were bumped. Um... <laughs> Oh, you know, I I would be I would be remorse to not to not say something about spring training. I I I you know you're baseball, watching it. Ba- of course, I'm watching it, man. Baseball's <laughs> back, baby. I love baseball. I I love baseball. The Yankees slapped. I don't remember who they were playing. Twenty two to seven. It was nuts. It was a great time. Detroit. And uh, oh, Soto almost Soto at bat the other day almost rolled his ankle. Yeah. After swinging at a pitch, and I was like, Oh no, we paid you way too much money. <laughs> but uh, it, it would be the new Yankees like curse if Soto did get hurt in spring training. Oh, yeah, it, it would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not a. It's not looking great for the Sabers. It's not at all. I mean. You you let the hope creep in. I oh, did. I did. Well, because I'm UPL disa- made me so excited. I'm disappointed. That was one of the best games I have watched in probably God knows how long. That's sad. Uh, it is, but it was just that good and that entertaining um, where, like, everybody was into it for once. It wasn't just, like, a boring game where nothing was happening. It was 
competitive. It was extreme. It was everything you could ask for in a game. Um, and yeah, I let it creep in for a second. You know what? It happens to the best of us. Sorry, your hope will be crushed tomorrow. Oh, it's already been crushed uh, <laughs> this morning. All right. So yeah, but like, don't it's, worry. It's, I it's gonna get worse. Well, tomorrow. I'll just talk my smack until uh, you know Ukapega Lukanen sits the cats down and you know puts them to sleep. Uh, sets the cats <laughs> down and puts them to sleep. Do I need crazy. to remind you what we did to Andre um, Vasilevsky? Do I have to remind you that he's not Ukapega Lukanen? You're right. He's better than Uko Pekalukinen. Wrong. He's worse. Uka Pekalukinen, Vesna winning goalie. Uka, right Uka, there. Uka. He is the Vesna winner. Uka Pekalukinen. You know that's not true. No, it is true. Uh, but the only other major thing, I mean, there were two major things from the Sabres, is A, that Joe Scott called up, so look forward to seeing him tomorrow on the fourth line uh, with... Opozo, Gergensen, or Robinson. Uh, have fun, Tyson. Glad you're back up. Uh, and then the major thing that guy announced is that they're finally, finally doing renovations. They're getting rid of the dang roof. I don't know what's wrong with the roof, but whatever it is, good riddance. Uh, <laughs> put on a new one, and uh, we're going to get a brand new scoreboard. How long is this going to take? Uh, it's going to be up by next year. Too long. <laughs> They're installing a new roof, and it's going to take a year? Yeah, no, you know, never Could mind. take a little less. Um, I, I mean, it's all going to be off-season work, and remember, they're probably playing good money, so, you know, those workers are going to work hard for good money. Anybody would. I, I would love to say I built the Sabres roof, Key Bank roof. That would be something I would put on my resume. I'm, I'm going to really, like, really butcher how to spell this guy's name. Peck... Pekalukinen? Uh, Lu... Malakara? Uh, Nin. <laughs> P-E-K-K-A-L-U-U. Is it P-E-K-K-A-L-U-U? Uh, Wait Uko a minute. Is Uko is it K-K-O. P-E-C-A. No? Is it? No, P is it K? Peck. P-E-K-K-A. Lu... Okay. And then but i think the most interesting development from the uh new scoreboard that's going to be installed inside is that there's now a lot of talk of what other things they can do. And, um, you know, like redoing the seats in the 300s. That would be nice. Uh, you know, maybe making the Alumni Plaza uh, mural like 10 times better than it is. A add some players, add some stuff. A and then I think I get to my most liked idea <laughs> is to put up statues of Rick Jenneret and Ted Darling. I think that would work so perfectly for two of the best play-by-play -play announcers ever. Um, Who was it against, please? What? <laughs> the the save? The Ukapeka Lukanen save? Oh, it's against Carolina. It was last this night. Man, this man, instead of looking up the name. It's, uh, <laughs> it's on Tanner Saunders Twitter. <laughs> he put in Sabres goalie. Oh, my God. <laughs> this man. You're going to get either Hasek or Miller before you get to Uka no, Mega no, no, he was the first one that came up. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm not. <laughs> um... You may want to find that while you're walking out, Justin. Ah, you know, I'm looking. 
Because me and Chris got to Yeah, go. we're going to have to. Yeah, no, we all we <laughs> run we to all Houston. Go. We spend too much time talking here. We have too all much right. fun. Then we're going to take a quick break here. And when you come back, it'll just be me. Shout out to it's Frank. Him. Just be cutie Frank. Shout out to. You, you, know what you, you know what you should Sh talk about? Spring training. That's, Shout out to the Yankees. Look what's on my computer right now. <laughs> oh, it's on there. Let's go raise. Whoa. Boo. We're beating right now, I think, the Astros. Like Boo. five to two. Aren't you playing the Orioles? Shout thing? out to beating the Astros. I thought it was the Orioles. We, we played the Astros yesterday. Oh. Well, I mean, don't they have Did two you beat games the sometimes too? Huh? Don't they have two games sometimes too? Like yeah. on the same day? Yeah, they sometimes okay. do double headers. So. Dude, dude, did you beat the Astros? I think we tied. Uh, tied or one. Red October two. coming soon. We we need to we need to beat the Astros. Shout out, you know I can't. No no no. Shout out to the Astros. No shout out. What are we doing? What are Cheaters you doing? never win. Cheaters never win. You listen to the Blitz on ninety one point three WBNY. We'll be right back after a short few messages with me, only me. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original tour since 1982. I'm still your host, Frank the Tank. It's just me, abandoned once again by my colleagues. You know, it's fine. I can do this. I have faith in myself. I believe in myself and my capabilities right now. So if something goes wrong, it's not my fault. Just know I was abandoned. But if you hear that music, you know what we're about to talk about. Baseball is back spring training is currently going on right now we even have some games going on right now but so far it's been a very wacky and high scoring uh spring training so far literally the first game of spring training between the dodgers and padres the dodgers put up 14 on the padres behind i think it was like three home runs in the first and which gave them, I think it was an 8-0 lead in the top of the first, and then obviously went on to score uh, six more throughout the in, um, throughout the game. But, like, the next day it was Cubs 8, Chicago 1. A few more have just been simple, simple little games, some close games. There was a close game between the Marlins and the Cardinals that ended 9-8. to But then the game that everyone was freaking out about, Yankees put up 22 on Detroit. And even if it is spring training and, you know, players are just usually your star players that you may sit out or these are just, you know, the guys from your AAA, your AA, the guys that you invite up to see if they can um, earn a roster spot for opening day. But to put up 22 in spring training, no matter what team, uh, is insane. Like, I don't think people are going to realize that, but 22 is ridiculous which is scary for me as a Rays fan because the Yankees have looked so much better in that court category of the game, putting up 12 against the Blue Jays the next day. Uh, I think they're playing again. Do they play again today? Yeah, right now it's 4-2 against the Twins. The Yankees are up. And that was a main problem last year for the Yankees was you know, they had decent pitching. They had a decent um, bullpen and um, rotation. 
but for the love of their life, they could not at all get on base, score with runner, score with runners in scoring position, get any kind of contact hitting. DJ LeMahieu, who was supposed to be above 300 hitter, you know, not much of a power, but can get you those doubles, those triples, that utility player that you need. He had an off year. Aaron Judge was probably the only one, even with his home runs, that looked any bit efficient. Uh, before he got before he went hurt, I thought Jason Dominguez was gonna go on a run there. But seeing the Yankees like this, even even though it is spring training, I still have to preface that. Yankees being like this, able to put up runs the way they are and getting the amount of hits they are, is terrifying. And if you're a Yankees fan, you are elated. Because this is what you were missing last year. And then with the inclusion of Juan Soto, who hits a three-run bomb in his first game in spring training with the Yankees, you're probably looking at this and thinking, all right, we're, we're back, we're back, but are they? Are the Yankees back? A little bit. Because you have Garrett Cole, you have Marcus Stroman. But, you know, anything can happen. A lot of games going on right now. The Blue Jays are up on the Pirates. The Rays, I believe, are up on the Orioles, which is good. We've been putting up, just like the Yankees, a big problem we had last year towards the latter half of the season was putting up runs, scoring with our runners in scoring position. If we had a man on second, we cannot bring him home. Uh, we were really good at getting singles and doubles, but doing absolutely nothing after that. But so far, it's been looking good. So it's just going to be an interesting season so far. It's just going to be an interesting season to see if spring training is that, like, foresight that we have going into the season. You know, there's a lot of teams on here that, like, may surprise a lot of people. Like, the Mets have been doing actually pretty decent so far in spring training, which you kind of expect them to be, you know... You expect the Mets to always kind of compete, but they're always going to fall short, especially recently. But on paper, it's a team that should be winning games. So they're not not—they're not putting up as many runs. They're not putting up as many hits as the Yankees. But they're winning pretty convincingly so far throughout the first three, four games of spring training. But we still have a whole month left of this before the actual regular season starts. And that's when baseball really starts to matter and breaks down. But just a big other MLB breaking news. I said it last week that there were a lot of free agents that were still left on the board. And two big ones I mentioned were Blake Snell, the pitcher in San Diego, who just came off a, a literal Cy Young season. And then Cody Bellinger, the former MVP for the Dodgers, then went to the Cubs, was putting up, you know, maybe not MVP numbers, but was close to being back to that 2018-2019 Cody Bellinger that the world kind of fell in love with. And to see him, uh, that he was still on the free agent list and no one had decided to pick him up yet or you never heard anything about contract negotiations between him and the Cubs or him and any other team. Uh, turned out last night, like, I th it, was, it was pretty early in the morning. Cody Bellinger signed a three-year, $80 million contract to stay with the Chicago Cubs, which is... A great deal for him because I think he proved himself again being that MVP caliber that we know Cody Bellinger can be going from obviously 
you know, the Dodgers and being let go because he was not producing like he was. He was in a massive slump. He didn't pick up at any point. Then he went to Chicago and was like, he, you know, didn't reinvent himself, but he just found his groove and his aura again. So to see him sign this contract is really, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Cubs because he was a big part of the reason that they were contending for that last wild card spot until literally the last week of the season for the Cubs. So expect the Cubs to honestly, you know, I think they still need to go out and probably get one more piece to the rotation. Because I think offensively in their lineup, it's pretty solid. You still have um, Dansby Swanson in there, the shortstop. Say a Suzuki for um in the outfield, but uh I think their lineup is pretty solid, but it's still I think the rotation's gonna need to be, you know, beefed up after losing Marcus Stroman to the Yankees. But other than that, there hasn't really been any other Mac massive uh baseball news going on right now. And not really a lot of sports things going on. Obviously, we talked about the Sabres and the three-game win streak which I wanted to talk about a little bit more because you look at the, they basically really do have to win out at this point to even sniff a playoff spot. But, you know, obviously Don Granato is probably going to have one more year left with this team to see if they can, because this team right now is way different than the team that we saw at this point last year. Yes, obviously they're getting hot on a three-game win streak, which is massive for them. The Panthers had an 11-game road win streak, but, you know, you know, of course, Buffalo's better. But, you know, the, the Sabres' three-game win streak is, you know, it's what they need to see guys like Jeff Skinner scoring, uh, Krebs, Owen Power, you know. But you still have those liabilities in that fourth line between Ocposo and Gergensen, who... It has to be at this point before the deadline ends. The Sabres need to do something. Like, I don't know who they can go and get. I don't see them really going after any forwards. If they do, go check St. Louis for um, Tarasenko. I think that's a pretty good fit for them. them. Put him on the second or third line if he can fit anywhere. But... Uh, a name that was linked with them for last deadline, I remember, was uh, Chikorin, who I believe is in Calgary. I believe is in Calgary. Uh, Jacob Chikorin. He's a very solid defenseman. And as much as you have Darlene and rely on him, I think you need another... Doesn't have to be all-star caliber. Doesn't need to be, you know, top five in the league. But you need another solid defenseman on that line with Darlene, because Owen Power has, as much as, you know, he may be getting better, still defensively, I don't think he looks as sound as he usually does. And if that keeps up, you have to go out at the deadline and figure something out. And Ocposo and Gergensen, you know, they're, they're both, Ocposo the captain, and then Gergensen the assistant captain. But, like, you, I think you have to put emotions to side here at this point for the Sabres. They're letting the booze get to them from the fans, which is honestly like the booze are deserved sometimes for the way that this team performs, no, shows no heart most of the times. And it's just, 
you got to figure something out before the deadline. You probably, I, I believe they need to trade Casey Middlestat. I think that is a clear and cut choice because he's having his best season as a saver, but I think this will most likely be his last best season as a saver. Because you, right now, the way he's playing right now, the way he's been dialed in, there's just, I feel like, a bit more value to his name currently than what it's going to be in a year. Especially if you do sign him to a contract, I think there's other ways that you could be, you know, dispersing that money toward other players on the team. I mean, you're, you're going to have to pay J.J. Paterka. If uh, Quinn, you know, stays healthy, Quinn... Zach Benson. So I just think at some point, you know, Pugula has got to, you know, figure something out and then just something has to be done with the Sabres. Even though they're on a three-game win streak, their percentage to make a playoff spot went up 0.1. You're sitting at a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. At least they started getting hot in like December, January, and they really had like sh like a true shot of making the playoffs until like the last week where they were competing. We're in February and this team is out. Like they are in the same bubble as Montreal, same bubbles Ottawa. Like they're not. I don't believe that this team makes the playoffs because you can't. They're not winning out. I don't believe so. And. As, mu as good as Uko Pekalukkanen has been in net, the team just isn't good on their side of the ice. They can't handle the puck well. Controlling it is basically non-existent. It's dump and chase every game. Sometimes it works, but majority of the time it doesn't, and you give it right back to the opposing team, and they score because someone can't hold on to the puck they find it and then there's a little breakaway in the front of the net and Uko has to just you know be the star that he is which has been the story for UPL's time here has just been like he needs he needs help like you can't keep leaving him out to dry and just giving up these dangerous chances in the front of the net I the Sabres have to figure something out I think by the deadline. And I think it's by finding something to do with Ocposo and Gergensen and seeing what you can get. And then also just seeing what you can get for Casey Middlestat because he has been probably one of the best. He's probably been a top three player so far for the Sabres like the past two, three months. So I don't see why not, you know, try and see what you can get instead of giving him a contract and try and pull in key defensive players or key, you know, veteran presence in the locker room for that part of the part of the lineup. You know, the Sabres have a shot there. Moving on to the NFL, though, Dan had uh, alluded to it earlier before we started talking about the Sabres, about Derrick Henry not going to be franchise tagged. And the running back market right now is in another just lull. Like, there's a lot of good talent out there, but the talent comes with risks. Injuries are way more common, I think, right now with running backs. And if you're a GM or a team, 
like yes saquon i mean look at saquon he had a really good year but you know he's been through some injuries some pretty gruesome injuries that kept him out a full season and so derrick henry is not franchise tagged i think that one makes the most sense it was like the last game of the season for them that was basically his send off to tennessee and the titans and just being like thank you for the time like i think it's time for me to go and find you know a new home so i think him not being franchise tagged i think that one was pretty obvious but there's some other running backs who haven't been tagged and who most likely won't be tagged uh out of the raiders josh jacobs that one is a little surprising just because when I think Josh Jacobs is running at an elite level, he's probably a top five back in the league. And especially for the Raiders, who currently have no quarterback, uh, are probably going to lose Devontae Adams to most likely the Jets, or maybe he goes back to Green Bay. But you most likely lose Devontae Adams. Your defense is pretty much safe with Max Crosby there. But offensively, you have nothing, so not tagging Josh Jacobs to at least give yourself, you know, a little leeway of, you know, how good you'll be for next season. You know, I think it may be a mistake on the Raiders part, but if Josh Jacobs is able to go out and find himself a new squad and, you know, confirm to everyone that he still is an RB1 and can be a top five back in the league when he's on top, you know, he's obviously going to go and look for a little bit of money. But another one that I mentioned was Saquon. Saquon Barkley not being tagged. He was obviously tagged, was it last year or two years ago, when they were choosing between Daniel Jones and Saquon, and they tagged um, Saquon and then gave Daniel Jones that um, ridiculous, ridiculous contract. But not tagging Saquon, I don't know what the Giants want to do. Obviously, you have Dayball there, and, you know, he... Last year with the Giants, they were, you know, a very sneaky good team. I mean, not even sneaky. Like, they were just a good team coming out of the NL East. Not NL East. Uh, the NFC East. I couldn't remember it. But I don't know if this just means that they're going to work on contract negotiations with him. But if not, you lose Saquon Barkley, who you wasted, not wasted, but just used a first-round pick on and was the best back coming out of his draft class. And so, and just like another, just like Josh Jacobs, most of these running backs, I've said, are could be, when they're playing at a high level, a top-five back in the league. With Josh Jacobs, Saquon, and Derrick Henry, those are three, like, when, on, when they are playing at a physical and elite level, those are three very debatable top five, even some top three running backs in the league who will now probably go looking for a new home and a new team. But I think the Saquon one will hurt the Giants just because, I mean, you have Darren Wall there for Daniel Jones to throw to because I once he comes back, I'm, I don't think you're going to see much of Tommy DeVito, the Italian uh, backup quarterback for the Giants, but you know the Giants after last year and before uh, the Giants everything after last year and before last year have basically been a train wreck, and I think we're starting to see it again after the season that they had by not 
coming to a deal with Saquon or even tagging him. But also, it might have been a thing where Saquon was just like, I'm not going to play. Like, if you tag me, I'm not playing. So that could be another thing. Or just another thing with all these guys where it's like they were talking about non-contract negotiations. They couldn't get something going, so they had to, you know, look at the franchise tag. And they probably were just like, we're not playing if you, like, tag us. Which is fair. Is the running back like room right now and just like the, the value of the running back has gone down tremendously. So obviously teams aren't going to be spending, you know, the money they are for elite wide receivers like a Tyreek Hill when Justin Jefferson, wherever he decides to go, whether he stays in Minnesota or goes out and tries to find a new team, he's going to get a massive bag. I mean, T. Higgins got franchise tag because he probably wants a lot of money when Jamar Chase has to go find, you know, once his uh, contract year is up and he has to sign a deal, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of money. But running backs right now, they have no basically room to move in terms of money and years allowed on their contract. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. And another running back that wasn't tagged, but this one I could see, you know, why not in Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, two years ago, when it was the two running back room between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard was the way more excellent running back out of the two for that season. And then Jerry Jones just, you know, made the executive decision. He's RB1. You shipped off, uh, you ship off a Zeke to the Patriots, and you kind of just rely heavily on Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard did not have the season that we all thought he would and be another, have another breakout season. But, you know, to not franchise tag him, I'm not shocked. I'm not really surprised because I'm sure the Cowboys will figure something out. I'm sure Jerry World has something up his sleeve there. But, you know, it's just going to be a lot. It's just going to be a heavy market right now for uh, running backs. But so far, no one's really taken the bait on any of them. But I know Derrick Henry and the Bills have been linked to each other it started like i want to say like middle last year where the derrick henry to buffalo talks kind of picked up especially around here for us i can tell you dan was all over he would love the king to be here for buffalo but i think at this point is i mean it makes sense you know you have james cook who was I mean, the last six, seven, eight games of the season, James Cook was, other than Josh Allen, probably the best offensive player on the field for the Buffalo Bills. So if you're not going to look at maybe getting a power back like Derrick Henry, I think that could be a mistake. You don't have to break the bank for Derrick. I, I think he knows the running back market. He's, you know... This is first time really testing it and seeing what he can get. But, you know, the running back market's diluted right now, so he's not going to get a lot of money like he probably thought he could maybe five, six years ago. But he will still get a nice contract, and I think the Bills could offer him something just because I think the Bills in the draft could fill the gaps that they need. Defensively with, um, you know, maybe they can go for safety, but it's not really that stacked. 
you know, you have a few that can go in the top 10, and then after that, it's sub-30 for safeties and corners. But I think taking the shot at Derrick Henry for the Bills will be a good addition to the team. They signed Leonard Fournette to the practice squad. You didn't really see much of him at all during the regular season. And during, you know, he was never really called up because you didn't have to. James Cook was producing at a very high level. But if the Bills bring in a, a Derrick Henry, that's an elite. That is a whole different running back. That w- That is someone that has been the top running back multiple seasons in his career. And so I think the Bills getting Derrick Henry would be a very good step for them and trying to build on the season that they had Obviously didn't go the way that they wanted, but started off very rocky. And then obviously they, you know, they locked in and they made it to the, you know, divisional round. But I believe that the Bills have to do something right now just to even make us believe that they can fill the gaps that they need. But I'm not, there's not really a lot of other breaking news going around the league. Yeah, just more talk about the free age, the not tagging any of the running backs. I mean, I'll talk about the Buccaneers and how they're not going to franchise tag uh, Baker Mayfield. But if you're on Buccaneers Twitter or you just watch ESPN or any of them that talk about the Buccaneers, you knew this wasn't going to be the case. Uh, there's no... No reason to waste the franchise tag on Baker, especially now that the cap has been raised for the season coming up and the Bucks are sitting very nicely with some uh, cap money that they can use on Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield. So I think people being shocked that the Buccaneers aren't going to franchise tag Baker, I can see why you'd be a little shocked, but the real franchise tag that the Buccaneers are going to use are going to be on safety Antoine Winfield Jr., the All-Pro, coming out of last season. And so now with that, the Buccaneers can put their mind to rest on Antoine and start really focusing and digging in on Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield because Mike Evans has come out and said that he wants to retire a Buccaneer. Levante David has come out and said the same thing, that he wants to retire a Buccaneer. And so I think those are two deals that could be done. And Baker Mayfield, he proved to the entire world that when in the right system and when someone literally just believes in him and he has a good system, a good coaching staff around him, there is a reason he was the number one overall pick. Like, there was a reason for that. And I still think that he has that ability. Clear as you saw it, he was a top 10 quarterback at the end of the season. But it's still just, oh, we can't overpay. We can't overpay. I don't, like, there's no other quarterback that I would want right now than Baker. Maybe I wouldn't want Justin Fields. Not big, not Kirk Cousins. Maybe Russ. Because I think him and Mike Evans and K-Dot and Chris Godwin can have an amazing connection. But I think Baker Mayfield right now at 28 years old is probably the best choice that we have. Just sign him to like a three, four year, $60 million deal. And, you know, you give Mike Evans a little more just because it's Mike Evans. He's had 
13 seasons consecutively of 1,000 yards, is the leader in every single receiving category in Buccaneers history. So I think there's got to be a moment in that where you have to realize that the Buccaneers have to do something and be able to pay uh, Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield. But I think a deal will get done before... I think maybe before the combine, I think a deal could be done for those two. Maybe Mike Moore, that um, that he'll get his contract done before Baker. And I think Baker will be the last contract set up for the ba- uh, for the Buccaneers heading into the next season. And a wide receiver who was tagged earlier today, he for Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins was franchise tagged. And head coach Zach Taylor uh, had this to say about him when they did the press conference for him. T. has done an outstanding job for us since we drafted him in 2020. I'm glad that he'll continue to be a big part of our offense and our team. I mean, I don't really know what you say. What else you could say there other than just you're happy to have him back because T. Higgins is a very underrated wide receiver. And, you know, obviously after the season, I hope a deal is done for them because the Bengals have a very, very good team, and I think you have to kind of find a way to extend them. Like, you got to figure out some way to sign him and keep Jamar because you have Joe. You know you have Burrow locked up. It's the fact that you have to keep these two wide receivers who have been crucial to the development of Joe Burrow in the NFL, but also Jamar Chase has been a top top five, top three wide receiver, and T. Higgins is probably right there at like top 15. So you have two wide receivers sitting there in the top 20. You have to, you know, you have to bust out the brink strength, the brink truck a little bit. You have to pay up. So I'm happy for the Bengals, but I think this is now just a precaution, just so they can start something uh, with contract negotiations with T. Higgins. I'm going to take a quick little break here, but I just want to say happy 12-year anniversary of Pete Weber. If you don't know Pete Weber, he is a pro bowler for the PBA. And 12 years ago today, if you're not on the internet, you may have never seen this, but it is one of the greatest just sporting clips slash quotes of all time. He bowled a strike. I don't know what frame. It looks like it was the 10th frame. I'm looking at it. He very aggressively, and it has become iconic. He screams, who do you think you are? I am. And that quote has become synonymous with just being great. And I see it probably close to 10 times every year. It's never a post related to bowling. It never has anything to do with bowling. But whenever you say, who do you think you are? I am. Everyone instantly knows what that quote is. And I think it's going to be a quote that stands the test of time in the sporting world. He was the Blitz on 91.3 WBNY. I'll be right back. I'll figure out something for us to talk about. Just me and you. Just keep on listening. Try to these short few messages. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. 
Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride indeed. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 WBNY. I'm still your host, Frank the Tank. Still just alone. Still just running at it. You know, it's fine though. But it's 345 here. And I just, you know, there's a topic going around, um, going on. And it's been kind of, you know, last season, or I'll say the 2022 to 2023 season, when the Broncos got Russell Wilson, they thought all their problems were solved. And then, boom, turns out uh, Russell Wilson uh, is not good at football anymore. You know, and everyone started having doubts. And then this season, Russell Wilson, you know, he started silently cooking. I think we said the analogy I made with Dan was that he, we, they allowed him to pour the milk into the bowl of cereal. And then all of a sudden, by like week six, week seven, you started smelling like spices. You started smelling flavor. And then by like week nine, all of a sudden, I've got a 10 ounce ribeye in front of me. I've got, I've got buttered and salted potatoes. Is that, are those, is that grilled green beans? And that's a nice rub you got on the steak. That's what we had with Russell Wilson last year. And then obviously, out of the blue, Russell Wilson's benched for the rest of the season. I didn't get it. No one really got it. No one could really understand what was going through the mindset of Sean Payton or anyone in that entire front office for the Denver Broncos. But now, they're tasked with a, I would say in my eyes, a hard decision to make. And ESPN put out an article about it. And just, they have five quarterback solutions for the Denver Broncos. Obviously, number one is just keep Russell Wilson. And, you know, that's personally where I stand on this. I think Russell Wilson proved again last year that he can still be a very good quarterback. And he can put the ball wherever he really wants accurately. And when you have Cortland Sutton, that jump up, uh, big red zone guy, it, I mean, that's a lethal duo right there. And they proved it over and over every week. Jerry Judy, not so much. He was definitely, you know, I don't know what's been going on with Judy. You know, you see him and he's just kind of, you know, out of it. You don't really know what's going on. But him and Sutton had a really good connection. And I stand with the keep Russell Wilson movement. I think you sign him to a big deal. Stick it out. You had a you had a way better season than ever anyone thought. Way better. Is that on Sean Payton? Maybe, but a lot. I think a lot of the credit has to go to the way Russell Wilson played. He, Russell Wilson, Mister Unlimited, Mister Dangerous, Broncos Country, let's ride. He balled out, and to see him get benched at the latter half of the season, I think it's a little honestly disrespectful to him and it's disrespectful to your fans because he finally felt comfortable he looked way more comfortable in the pocket than he did the first season he was throwing balls accurately and and just i mean throwing them far to sutton sometimes to judy 
But like it was, I don't know. I'm on the keep the Russell Wilson tra um, train. But another one is trade up in the draft. And you could do that. But what are you what are you gonna give up? You're gonna give up Pat Sertan? What are you gonna give up to get one of the first few picks in the draft? You could find a way to trade with Chicago, but Chicago, if they're really keen on keeping Justin Fields, what are you gonna give Chicago? Because you're not gonna give them Sutton. Unless you want to just straight up give them Russ, but you they have Justin Fields, so they don't need a quarterback. And you could do just pick swap and then throw in, I don't know, Pat Sertan or someone of value of that pick. But this one, I don't know. I don't like this one for the trade-up in the draft. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> joining me in Studio A, it's the GOAT himself, Evan Harrington. What's happening? Just had to take out the AirPods <laughs> real quick and sit down, stop playing with Chris Brown, and we're good. Oh down and Chris Brown, and that rhymed. I here thought, we are. I thought Brandon was coming in here to, like, you know, assault me when no one else was here. Oh, you're solo. Yeah. No, no, it's just me. Hey. Is your uh, name Han? Because uh, you're flying solo. I'm flying solo. I ran the parsec. Wait, nope. Nope, that's Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but it's still solo. I ran the yeah. castle run in 1.12 something parsecs. Yes. But, oh, yeah, it's just me. It's just been solo. I literally talked about talk savers, their three-game win streak. That's a first. I, I, I was uh, shaming Dan because he let the hope creep in a little bit. You know, the guy who usually never lets the hope creep in. Yep. He let it creep in last night. The Sabres are indeed looking strong. Um, yeah, I mean, what were, you, what were you talking about? I don't want to cut you off if you're talking about no, no, anything major. I, the only thing I was talking about was the Russell Wilson situation. ESPN put an article. It was just like, what to do? And I said, just keep him. Yeah. But uh, with the Sabres, all I said was that uh, I talked about what they need to do before the deadline. I think Ocposo and Gergensen have to go. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I think even though Casey Middlestat has, been, like, Middlestat mode is legit right now, this is probably going to be his best season as a Saber, and this is probably going to have the most value he's going to have. So I think if you want to try and fix some holes, because I think you have to find a way to get Middlestat in some kind of decent trade for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Um... No, we talked about it the last little bit. It's definitely a conversation to have um, about Casey Middlestat and, and whether the Sabres should uh, ship him off. Uh, at this point in time, I'm I'm up to the belief that the Sabres should only keep Middlestat if they don't have anything to really bring back uh, when you deal him off. Because this is the thing with the Sabres. I, I always go about this. I forgot who made the point, uh, whether it was on the radio, TV, or it was on Twitter. But the Sabres were holding off on getting rid of Casey Middlestat in his early years as a Sabre because yeah. they were waiting for that development. Yeah. They were waiting for that eighth overall pick to become, right? Casey Middlestat, a highly touted, talented player, um, you know, coming from the USA Development Program. We saw what he did uh, in the World Juniors in yeah. 2018 in or in Buffalo, right? 
was the World Juniors in Buffalo? Yes, in 2018. He made that phenomenal move, and he scored uh, that, that, that phenomenal goal. You have to look it up. Um, and we were hoping that that was the type of Casey Middlestad we were going to get. Yeah. It wasn't looking like it for four years. We didn't know what type of player we were going to get, but in 2023 and in 2024, the Casey Middlestad we have now is what it's looking like he was doing in the World Juniors. Yeah. Um, and we held off on getting or not getting rid of him to hope to get this type of player. And we now have this type of player. So I don't know why the Sabres would now all of a sudden want to get rid of him after they waited so long for him to develop into the player that he has now become. Um, but once again, I'm just going to always go back to the point. If the Sabres aren't going to get a top defenseman or, or another or a couple competent forwards to replace him, I don't think the Sabres should do it. I, I don't get what benefit... Uh, getting rid of Casey Middlestead does to you because uh, he's one of your best five on five. He is honestly this year he's your best five on five. Uh, and he can play center point and scorer. winger. Yes, and he's been your best five on five forward. Uh, that's evident. He's been one of the better five on five forwards in the National Hockey League yeah. all season long. Let alone the best on your team. Uh, for a team that's not doing well on the power play, you should keep a guy that's been driving your five on five play to a top ten rank this year because the Sabers are just about top 10 in five-on-five five play. Yeah. And a large chunk of that is due to 37. It's not due to 72. It's not due to 89. It's barely due to 53. It's really a lot of done to 37. And he's been phenomenal for you this year. And I don't think there's a benefit of moving off of him, clearly of the fact, unless you're getting a top-end pick. That's that's the only way I would see it happening, is that you get a like an equal or better return. Yeah, I, I don't... If it's anything less, absolutely You not. don't have to get rid of Casey Middlestat. You don't have to not pay Casey Middlestad. Like, we're not in a situation as Sabres fans where we have to get rid of him, mm. right? This isn't like the Jack Eichel situation where we were at a, a, a dead end and there was no turnaround. You couldn't just go back up the street and go on another street and go somewhere else. No, we were at a dead end with Jack. Yeah, you guys were just at an impasse and just could not get through. We had to ship him off, for better or worse. That was at the evident. That was evident. Casey Middlestat, everything's looking up for Middlestat. Yeah. Sabres have the cap room to pay him, right? It's not like he's going to get much worse as a player. If he declines a little bit, okay, you have a 45 to 55 point guy on your team. Yeah. That's fine, right? He's a good at proven five on five point scorer. Like, that's fine, right? And he's still 25 years old. Yeah. He's, he's still... not 32, right? If you hand out a five, six year contract or four to six year contract, all right, you're getting him till he's 30, 31 years old, right? Yeah. Um, plus, the fact that I don't think he's going to cost too much. No, I don't think he, he's going to cost six, seven million dollars like some people are making him out to be. I think he's a four and a half to five and a half million dollar player. I was going to say, and I think that's a very million. fair, very fair contract for a guy who, over the last year and a half, has proven to be worth of that, right? And the Sabres aren't paying an upscale amount of guys, right? Like, when you take a look at Tage Thompson and the Dylan Cousins deals, those are your supposed one and two centers. We're not paying one $11 million. We're not paying the other $8 million. This isn't a Toronto situation yeah. where we got, we're paying Matthews over $12.5 million a year, and then we're paying Tavares $11 million a year, and then your your other guys like are getting 9.5 and in $12 million, right? We're not paying any top-end forwards like that. The, no. the money that we're paying the most money is on the defensive side, Darlene Power yeah. and Samuelson, who's only making four million or like three and a half, four million a year. I was gonna say the, the Tate Thompson contract was like you got him for like what seven years, eight years, 
it was like it was a seven year contract worth 7.1 million so it's a really good deal for what thompson can be but yeah i agree with but you got 14 million dollars a year tied into two centers yeah like if you can tie but plus alex talked jeff skinner if you're looking just under 30 like if you're looking under 25 28 million dollars a year for your top six in your jeff skinner tage thompson alex tuck dylan cousins you know uh casey middlestat I'm fine with that. And yeah. then you have your, your Quins and your Paterkas, but I'm sure they'll, you know, I, I think it's fine. Like, you're not throwing a ton of money out there compared to what, I mean, the Sabres have, what, $19 million in cash space to work yeah. with? I'm fine with throwing four and a half, five million dollars at Casey Middlestat, you know? And then yeah. we'll throw some money at Lukanen. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm fine with that. And I don't, I don't see why we would not want to do that. When does Paterka's uh, rookie deal end? He's probably up in what, two um, years? I think he's got one more year. One more year? Because he's probably going to get like, if they do sign Casey Middlestat to like around four and a half to five, I'm sure Paterka will get like around three and a half to four million. No, Paterka's definitely going to get more than three and a half. Paterka's going to be a, at least a four and a half, five million dollar player. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's a 20 goal scorer now. He's only 22 years old. Yeah. I don't know. What else do you see just like. What are your thoughts like on the deadline and like what do you think the Sabres need? Because I said a name that has been tossed around for like linked to different teams. I said go get Tarasenko. And then be a veteran play. Yeah. And then I think the a name that was linked with you guys last season, Chickering. Yeah, I mean Jacob Chickering, there there I don't think there's any way Ottawa deals him off. They just brought him in. Yeah, they... but apparently he's been like linked to teams. Yeah, but I, I just don't see a guy being brought in Yeah, as early. or I don't, I don't think he, he's been there way too short term for them to just deal him out. Yeah. This isn't like they got him three, four years ago and the contract isn't looking good. He's not producing, whatever. He just got there. Um, I don't think Ottawa's going to even move him at all. Um, again, um, I always, I'm always going to say this. Um, there's only a select amount of players that are untouchable in any sport. Right, you're not going to listen to co- the trade offers for Connor McDavid. No, you're not going to listen to trade offers for for Nathan McKinnon. You're not going to listen to trade offers Matthews for Austin Matthews, Nikita Kucherov. You're not going to listen to trade offers for Rasmus Dahlin, Cal McCarr, Roman Yossi, Matthew Kachuk. Depends on the right trade. All right, Calgary did it. Listen, I had to. I had you're to not going to listen to trade offers for Igor Shesterkin, top goaltenders in the league, right? You're not listening to, to trade offers for certain players. Yeah. But there are certain players on your team that they'll say, all right, those guys are untouchables, but in hindsight, they're not. Yeah. Yes. It just depends on the deal Buffalo, that comes forward. Buffalo says there isn't, they aren't listening to trade offers on guys like Alex Tuck and Casey Middlestat. But if, if a team, hypothetical, this isn't going to happen, but if the Toronto Maple Leafs called you and said, hey, for a for Alex Tuck, a first round pick and a prospect, would you ship that off over for William Nylander? Yeah, you're listening. You're listening for that. You're gonna give up Alex Tuck a first round pick and a prospect yeah, for Nylander. for William Nylander. You know, like you're listening again. Hypothetical. I might have just spewed a name out there, but I'm just saying in in a sense, you're always gonna be listening um, for that type of for that type of call. Yeah, it just depends on the deal that comes forward. You can always say. Oh, you know, we're we're not gonna really listen to deals 
until that one deal that pops up and it has, you know, a name that is significantly just better at the position that you need and you can take on, you know, the money that comes along with it, I don't see you're going to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, but what do you think is like the one big hole right now that the Sabres, you know, need to fix before we end it? There's the one small problem. Yeah, like if there's one little hole just somewhere that the Sabres need to, if they had to go out to the see who's free agent or just, you know, try and make a trade. Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. A player, um, but a position in need. Uh, I, I think you have to look at right defenseman. Um, obviously, what we have now is Henry Yoki Haru, Eric Johnson, and Connor Clifton. Um, Connor Clifton was brought in on his three-year contract, and that's not paying the ultimate dividends at this point in time. Eric yeah. Johnson, um, now who's a good penalty killer, was brought in to be more, and that just hasn't worked out the way it wanted to be. And Henry Yoki Haru may get a contract extension. Uh, I think Yoki's been gr- uh, he's been he's better. Been, he's, he's been, been better than advertised. Yeah, the way Sabres fans were advertising him in the off season coming into this season <laughs> wasn't great. Uh, but he's been better. Yeah, and. I think the Sabres would like to up their value at the right shot defenseman position, and I think they could do so here at the deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably where they're going to need to focus on and just, you know, see what they can fill there. But uh, time is now. Oh, it's four on the dot. Evan, want to go ahead and throw out your socials? Let them know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I was here for a whole whopping 14 (laughs) minutes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Evan Harrington underscore 63 and over on Twitter slash X, whatever you guys are still calling it these days, at Evan H716. And I believe the first lady of the Blitz is behind me. <laughs> Emma Nosby, would you like to throw out your social since you came in late? I know, I just showed up because classes ended. Um, But you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Emma Nosby. No caps, no spaces, no nothing. Frankie? Wh- How dare you? What do you mean? You not like being called Frankie? No, it's fine. I'll take it over, Turtle. Are you uh, Frankie from uh, Dave Pornoy's Pizza Reviews? Absolutely not. Listen, Frankie. I can't take, I can take Frank the Tank, but I can't take Frankie. I can't take two Barstool IPs. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at franklopez underscore 561 or on x slash Twitter at frank561lopez. You've been listening to The Blitz on 91.3 WBNY Buffalo. Buffalo's original turtle since 1982. We'll see you Wednesday. Same time. I won't be hosting. Dan will be hosting. We'll see you on the other side. Have a great day.